With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Unless you're talking about the bridge and seaport, even from the seats in the upper decks, you can see the seashore. Tailgate function with the carny aside. Just walk from the tribal building for the Padres. I'm on it. Yeah, because for the 619, we'll knock you down. Anything for the brown, put it on the town. Started back rocking the brown. Ever since we've been knocking them down. Baby says you want to go to the game. Taught her how to say Padre gang. What's up, everybody? Welcome to episode 292 of the Talking for Hours podcast and YouTube show. I'm your host, Ben Fadden. Today, I am with another Padres fan. His name is Brett, and you might know him from if you watch some of the Padres games this season. Uh, he was up uh, from his apartment waving his flag. He had some signs uh, up there as well, and he actually was kind of communicating with Don and Mud on the broadcast a little bit. Uh, because they spotted him out there. So I just figured track him down, have him on the show uh, during the offseason and talk some Padres baseball. So, Brett, thank you so much for the time. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. Yeah, no problem. So let's start off with how fans might know you, uh, might uh, recognize you. So what what was that like when you were kind of spotted uh, on Bally and you got to communicate with Don and Mud there on that broadcast. Before you answer, I'll, I'll play the audio. Uh, I'm not going to show like the the video on here, but uh, just so the podcast audience can hear as well. Here's like what the audio was like for one of those uh, appearances. Awesome. Hi, Brett. Hi, Brett. Hey, thank you very much, man. You're awesome. That's awesome. You're fun to watch. Got any uh, social sparklers in there, Brett? Right, yeah. <laughs> and so you were, you know, waving the flag, nodding your head. Uh, just what was that like for you? I'm sure you got a lot of uh, messages and stuff of people seeing you. Yeah, it, it's crazy how many people you don't realize watch the Padre games until oh. you're you're on, and then they're like, "Hey, I just saw you," and I'm like, "I didn't even realize you were a fan." So uh, that was pretty cool. Um, basically, you know we actually started doing that in 2020 when COVID hit and fans weren't able to go in the stand. So we were, it was my wife's idea to get a flag and we started waving that thing back and forth. And it was just until basically this year, uh, cause I've been on before they've shown yeah. me before, but nothing like this year. So it was great for them to uh, kind of do a little spotlight on it. Mm -hmm. Now with mud kind of ordering you around, like, so you had it, like on in your apartment there, like you could hear the, the audio. So that's the funny thing is because there's a delay, right? So yeah. you're just like, how can you hear that? So park at the park plays it so loud of Don and mud that I can actually hear the speakers up into uh, my, my apartment. So I can actually hear in live real time what they're saying. And so that's why I was able to respond right away was because I can actually hear them. Okay, yeah, because well, because my family has season tickets, so we were like above the Coca Cola sign section, like three hundred nine, and sometimes 
you know, day games, Wednesday day games, or just, you know, not when it's like packed. I can't, I can also hear, you know, them in Gallagher Square too. So yeah, it's definitely loud. And I'm sure obviously you're closer. So yeah, um, that makes sense. Um, what was that like? You know, were you in the stadium at all for the postseason games or were you experience, experiencing it from your apartment? Yeah, so basically, um, you know, I, I would I would go to the games because my, my son likes doing the whole um, batting beforehand. Oh. And so we would actually go back up for the, the start of the game. And then when it got dark, we would head in. So I took him to the NLCS game one because – once again, last time I went to uh, NLCS was in 98 with my dad. And so I was just like, we're going because we don't know when this might happen again. So we're right. definitely uh, got to hit up basically from the third inning on. Well, and I was there for all the postseason games. And I'm uh, very thankful that, you know, I'm in that situation with my family and all that. Um, for me, that's uh, the, the experience there, the atmosphere there at the ballpark. It was something I'd obviously never seen before. Uh, I'm 19. That was the first, you know, real playoff uh, experience that I've ever had. Uh, and it was just electric. I mean, how would you describe the uh, atmosphere and just everything that went on from that NLDS, the NLCS? I know they didn't win the NLCS, but they still won a game at Petco in the NLCS. Absolutely. I, I think the biggest thing is the you know, the fans really got behind the team this year. And so that made it fun for everybody. You didn't feel like it was just the lifelong, I mean, even new Padre fans seem to um, be really into it. And even at the stadium, the game that, you know, one of the games I went to uh, was that Phillies game where we just got, I think, two hits, one hit the entire game. And then the second one in the bottom of the ninth. And, you know, fans behind me were yelling for us to get up and get moving and, and try to motivate the team, which was good to see. It just, you know, nothing happened but at least they were still in the game even in the eighth inning so right yeah definitely um you know what do you think was so special for that 2022 team i mean for me we're both pottery fans obviously and for me obviously you know past years there were some times where it was like okay you know you had the closer there was some starting pitching but it wasn't as special as 2022 right uh, and obviously we haven't had the lineup in, you know, compared to 2020, this lineup was much better. Uh, it, we didn't have, you know, who was oh, obviously Hosmer at first. We didn't have that this year. It was just better. Uh, what do you think was that kind of um, the, that made this team that special for this year? Honestly, it's gotta be that rotation, that, yeah. that starting rotation, knowing that you can go to the ballpark and get a, win every single day and having the confidence that you're not seeing a Luis Perdomo or a bullpen day Mm. happening, um, is, is strong. I mean, me as, as a, um, basically at your age watching Jake Peavy pitch, I knew that was a win game, but after that it was like, what else are we going to get? And so this year it felt like every single time you went to the ballpark, you had a chance at winning, which made it fun. Yeah. I mean, with the rotation. So when you were, kind of my age, it was PV, and then who was it after that? Because obviously now we have Darvish and Musgrove, Snell, Martinez for uh, 2023. What was it after PV? It was like Chris Woody Young? Williams was basic. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Chris Young, Woody Williams, uh, and then basically it was just like who? 
I mean, yeah. it was it was rough. Yeah. Um, now moving on to this off season. Obviously, they go to the NLCS game five is what they made it to. They should have made it back to San Diego. Uh, I mean, I, I guess before we can get to the offseason, I guess I can ask you about what you thought of Bob Melvin's decisions and uh, in game four, having Clev. Go, I mean, I was fine with him going out there, didn't get it out. But then, you know, the Manaya decision is what kind of irked me where you put him out there. Okay, gives up a run, but then you put him out there for a second inning. Garcia might as well just have him start. I think it was that he was either the fifth or the sixth inning. If you're going to bring him in after Manaya in that inning, why not just have him start the inning? Felt like he kind of forced that there. What were your, what were you, I guess, mad at most with like the moves? Because I think that's what it comes down to was the managerial moves on why the series wasn't back to San Diego. I think the biggest thing is, you know, when you get up for nothing in the first inning, you now are, or it's, he had a safety blanket, right? Where I can throw Clevenger out there and, and even if he gives up two runs, that's not going to affect us, but he wasn't even getting an out. I mean, he, he was just basically, even up four zero, we didn't play like it was zero zero. We played with that safety net. And I think that's just what uh, I, I would have, I would have pulled Clev two outs into that or two uh, batters into that thing and just be like, Hey, he just doesn't have it today. And I think that's what bothers me about closers sometimes is even though he's your closer, he hits the first two and then he walks the two and you still have them in there. It's just like, you gotta, some days it's not their day. And, and going in, we already knew Clevenger probably wasn't going to give us the innings that we wanted to and two outs or two batters into that. We knew. Yeah. I, with Suarez, were you, uh, mad at that decision to have Suarez in the game there against Harper. I was not. There are some that are like, yeah, you got to have Hater there, left versus left. But for people that watch the Padres in September, uh, Suarez did not give up a run the whole month of September. And in the postseason, he's the one that got out of those jams against the Dodgers. He's the one that the Padres just gave $45, $46 million to. So like, they have trust in him. I think that they viewed Hater and Suarez, like on the same level, they had the same trust in those two guys. So I was fine with Suarez going in there and pitching in that situation. Maybe the pitch was left up a little bit, but he was facing the best hitter on the planet at that point. Absolutely. Um, I think what irks me the most is, you know, us fans want, us fans basically want the same reaction every single time game to game. Like this is what he's going to do. And it's, and Suarez is the whole reason we were there in the first place, getting out of those no out second and thirds and, and pitching extremely well. Does it irk me that Hader went three straight games without pitching or whatever it turned out to be? Yeah. But at the same time, if Suarez would have got out of that, then you would have been so happy to have Hader in the full ninth ready to go. So I mean, it's Monday morning morning quarterback when it comes to that. Yeah. Moving on to this offseason now. So, obviously, we would have loved to have better starting pitching in that NLCS in Game 4. I think we can agree that's probably the biggest need right now uh, with the winter meeting starting next week is starting pitching. You know, it's funny you you say that we didn't have – pitching for game four when we literally had seven starters almost the entire year and then we got rid of them um i mean i would have 
preferred to hold Nick Martinez back. And so he can do that game four in that situation. But once again, that's why me and you are here and Bo Mel's over there. Um, I, I would like to, yes, of course, pitching is going to be great. We, I, I'm, I struggle with Grisham. I'm sorry. I understand okay. that he's a good. Okay. I understand he's great in the, in the field. I get it. I'm struggling with him still out there. Um, and obviously you got first base issues, you know, you, we've had first base issues though for what now, four years. So it's, yeah. it's nothing new going into this. You know, everyone wants to be like, we can't sign him. We can't afford him. And at the end of the day, I mean, me and you aren't paying the salaries. Our season tickets will go up a little bit, but I mean, get the best player out there, get the best athlete. I, I saw Mookie play second base last year. Yeah. So, I mean, it just get, get, get the bats. That's what I want. Okay. So with the bats, obviously um, the big guy out there that's being connected to the Padres is Xander Bogarts. I don't know how closely you've uh, been following that, but uh, Ken Rosenthal's talking about how AJ Preller has asked Scott Boris if Xander's willing to change positions. And Boris is now saying that that never took place. That conversation never took place. And Xander is not willing to move off of shortstop. If I were the Padres, like I would spend the money on starting pitching, on a first baseman, on left field, and you know all that total money that you'd spend on those positions would be going to those positions and better fill out the team than just one guy. But if you're telling me that we can get Xander Bogarts, like I'm going to be happy either way because it's Xander Bogarts and. If they're getting Xander Bogarts, I would think they're going to go all in anyway. Because with Bogarts, you're going over the luxury tax number. Like, might as well just keep going anyway. Like, do you want Bogarts? Um, I mean, I guess the better question is, would you rather have Bogarts or would you rather spend that $30 million a year on, like, Kodai Senga and another hitter or another couple hitters? Or are you fine with just saying, let's just go get Bogarts? Well, I mean, we're still paying Hosmer twenty nine mil this year, right? So, right. I mean, I mean, there's our there's our first baseman money. I honestly wanted Rizzo. Um, yeah. I wanted to see him come back and kind of do a redemption tour and be like, this is this is where I should have been. Um, you know, it's almost I look at it as what did the Dodgers lose? I mean, besides losing both Turners and and Bellinger and stuff like that. I mean, Bellinger's played first before too, so. I I don't want necessarily Bogarts. I, I as I said, I want a Rizzo. I would have taken a Brayu, um, but I would like to see. Um, I would like to see. Basically, what I want is I want the complete team, and I feel like Kim, Cronenworth can move. Kim can move. Tatis has obviously moved. I mean, I just want. I would just want better athletes, or I want the best athletes out there. Yeah, I mean, it's interesting because we want, and I agree, I want the best athletes out there as well. But, you know, just trying to look at it from, like, front offices perspective, they want the best athletes as well. Like, Preller, we know that he loves versatility, and so I'm sure he's in there on Trey Turner as well. But, like, I think they also have to look at the future too, and we want to give Juan Soto $500 million then you would think that they're not going to go spend on Bogarts or someone like that. 
on one of those great shortstop athletes this time around so that they can make sure to get Soto. But again, like it's okay. Season tickets might go up a little bit. Uh, it's not our money. Like I, I just, I want to win like, at some point. It's like, okay. It, yeah. It's money. Peter Seidler has the money. He's a fan. He's not one of these owners. That's like uh, the pirates or something where he's just trying to make money. Like he views this as, Oh, I'm trying to win. I'm a fan here. Um, so it's just, I feel like they're going to spend money. I, I just don't know when that money is going to be spent. Like it feels like Soto, they're going to keep him. Like Seidler, he does not care what the total is. They're going to keep him. That's just, for me. It's just like, okay, well, what are they going to do this off season then? If they're saving that for, uh, they're saving the money for Soto, you know? Yeah. It's not John Moore's all over in the early 2000s right. where he's just, basically just trying to field the team to field the team my 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 biggest once again i i know positions are important i am i'm not saying that a, a second baseman can go play outfield um and you have to have an all-around solid team um i thought this nlcs was our best chance because we did have home field we were a favored team and we did have the pitching and it was just like at the end of the day, we got out hit. And that's what it was. It was Schwarber and Harper and, and Hopkins and all of them just coming out of nowhere and just actually hitting the ball. And and I feel like if we can get some hitters that are consistent, I mean, we couldn't, we relied on Profar, Grisham and Nola in the Mets series to get us through. Right. And then from there, from there on, I mean, it was nothing in the Dodgers series, nothing in the Phillies series. So I mean, when I saw Profar leave and everything like that, I, I mean, I, I was not a huge Profar fan, but um, I, I enjoyed his hustle. And I enjoyed his, his work ethic and, and his, I mean, the uh, training he did with Tatis this off se- or last offseason to get him ready. So I just want to see um, just strong athletes out there. Uh, I, we'll worry about positions later, in my opinion. I know that sounds right. super non-analytics, but I'm telling you, I just – I want some bats. Right. I want bats too. But I, I would push back on, you know, like the offense in the postseason. I mean, yeah, relying on Grisham and Nola. And like you said, during the Mets series, that that's not ideal. Um, but like we did get Soto and you're getting Tatis back and you have Manny for 2023, obviously. And you still have Crony. Um yeah, maybe they upgrade the catching position. Uh, and I think they do need bats at first and in left. But they did have that 4 nothing lead. They had a 6-4 lead. And Jose Abreu or Anthony Rizzo, they're not the ones on the mound that can save a 4 nothing lead. That's the pitching. You know, that's where that comes in. Um, for me, yeah, they just need a more complete team. I just think the priority should be uh, getting that next uh big starting pitcher especially in the future too because you know looking past 2023 darvish and snell they're free agents don't know if they're going to come back uh and so after that i mean martinez could not come back too because he's it's technically a one-year deal um so well, and darvish you know, is going to be close to 40 right By he's that getting time, older so yep. I mean, yeah 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 so so yeah I, go ahead i think i i think um you know, when you talk about, well, they had a 4-0, they had 6-4, but you also had Grish- Grisham bunt with 
right. freaking one out right. ninth. Okay. Right. I'd rather have, I'd rather honestly have, you know, a Rizzo up to bat where we can uh, knock in even more runs and, and get going because uh, yeah, bunting and that, see, I think that's what irked me more than any of the other pitching decisions was that, that bunt situation. Um, in that, even though, in that even game. though Grish, he, he didn't get a hit like the whole series. Right. And so I think he was he was just trying to get – like he could not get a hit. He was not confident. And so he was like, I'm going to lay down a bunt here and see if I can get a hit or move the guys. I think it would have been second and third with one out or something like that. Or yeah. maybe – no, second and third, two outs. It would have been second and third, two outs with Nola up. Uh, and they thought, hey, Nola, contact guy. He can bring two runs in and we can take the lead here. I think that was the thinking. But, yeah, that's not a good look to be bunting there. Now – now, do you do you feel that you would have put uh, Alfaro in in that situation, and then had catcher no. catcher back to back? No, no, no. I, even, I, even cold for fifteen days, you're just like, no, let's let's ride with Grisham, who's got the same amount of hits as he did. Yeah, that, that's true. Yes, but I mean, I Alfaro, yeah, he could have made contact, but there's there was a reason why he did not play in the postseason. I think, and they just did not trust him. In the front office with the reports about them falling out of love with him and the, just the strikeouts, he was just not. Yeah, we're gonna love him, fan favorite. You know the walk-offs and all that, but when they're not playing you at all, I think that's a sign. Like, and you want? I'd just rather have Grisham try to bunt there and move runners over. Nola get a hit. He didn't get a hit, and yeah, okay, but. They weren't confident in anyone on the bench either. It, this was not just no, a not at all. thing. Like they're they're hoping Camposano develops this offseason. I hope he does. But they were they were confident in Nola and Nola only catching wise. And I don't think they were that confident in what was it Myers on the bench near the end because he really struggled as well. And. Here's my thing with Myers is, you know, I watched him for his eight years that he was here and uh, unfortunately was injured probably seven out of those eight years. Couldn't, couldn't stay healthy. Watched him in center field, watched him at first. um, Watched him at third for like a game. Yeah. Right. Watched him pitch. (laughs) Yeah. And, uh, um, and, you know, as much as he had a great second half of that thing, I, a lot of people are like, bring him back. I mean, the I think the story has been told on him in San Diego and he's time to write a new chapter and we got to let him go because he's not going to be worth whatever he's asking for. And I, and I like the guy, um, you know, I, his wife as well, Maggie has reached out to me several times and even gave me a signed hat in 2020 for supporting uh, the Padres. So I, I absolutely love them. It's just as far as baseball wise go, it's, it's time to, go to Colorado where you can hit. <laughs> I hope that doesn't happen. Cause then he's going to be hitting bombs off of us, but uh, everybody. I mean, <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know. Myers. It's tough. I'd be fine bringing him back, but it would have to be obviously like the same role that he was at the end of the season. And I think he would start in Colorado or start in, I haven't looked at, I'm just throwing out a random team, Kansas city. He would start somewhere. He could get that somewhere. Now, does he want to win or does he want to start and make, you know, more money? And when you're getting millions of more dollars somewhere else, which is what would could happen here, he would be able to get millions of more dollars than 
what San Diego would offer him. Sitting here, it's like, yeah, it's hard to say no to that. But if he wants to win, you know, he made over $80 million here. Um, like, I don't know. It's with Grish. We could talk about the outfield more here. With, with Grisham, if they didn't have a hole in left field, maybe they go after that more. But I feel like they're trying to know who's going to be the left fielder, know who that outfield's going to be. They need bench guys too. Know who that is. And then if they have time, maybe they revisit that. But like with Grisham, I know the gold glove thing, you know, with Manny not being nominated and all that dumb how does he not nominated? Like we, we think that the gold glove's like a joke now, but he he does he does too. Um, we know we're gonna get defensively out of Grisham there, minus like the week that he couldn't catch fly balls this past year. Uh, right. I'm fine with him hitting eighth or ninth in the order. Same with Nola, and just get like you said, just bigger bats, get power out of the DH spot, the first base spot. You're getting forty plus home runs potentially with Fernando coming back, maybe 30 because of the suspension. You're getting power there. Uh, so I, I'm fine with Grisham staying. You know, he's still under contract. It's not like he's getting paid a bunch of money. But I feel like this is the last straw with him, though. Like, I'll agree with you if you have that viewpoint. Like, this is, the, this is it. Like, if you don't perform again this year, then you probably have to make a change there. Well, let me ask you. Would you rather have a 225 Grisham center fielder or a 190 Bellinger center fielder? I'd rather have Grisham because I think Bellinger is going to cost more money than um, than Grisham would cost. I think Bellinger, he has a, I think he's going to have a strong market in free agency. I think teams are going to be willing to bet on fixing him, right? Every team probably thinks, Oh, I can fix Cody Bellinger. He was a former MVP. Sign him to a one-year deal, and he'll hit you know thirty home runs for us. But I mean, I'm not going to pay Bellinger and not know what I'm going to get because that's what's going to happen. The team that signs Bellinger doesn't know what they're going to get. They don't know what they're getting from him. And with Grisham, we know we're going to get either really bad, or I'm trying to go with it. The, men- the mentality of <laughs> I'm going in the mentality of like. It can't get worse, right? It can only get better. And with Bellinger, you could say the same thing, but I think it's just going to be at a higher salary. And I, I don't want to do that right now with Bellinger. Yeah, it's kind of the under-promise, over-deliver. So we're all thinking he's going to be here, and then if he starts off April just absolutely killing it, we're all going to be like, see, I, we knew he would turn it around. Um, I, I think that was the the biggest thing that had come when he came from Milwaukee was we actually had a center fielder for a change. You know, um, we were playing that whole. Uh, I mean, Myers was in center field for a mm-hmm. while, and we had Ma- Maven, and we had all these other guys, and it was finally like we finally had a center fielder out there. So that was that was nice. It just he's had a bad what sixteen months, and so hopefully he can bounce back from that. Don't forget about uh, Estieri Ruiz, too, that, like, week-and-a-half span where he was, like, in center field, and we were like, oh, this guy's amazing. And then they trade him. Like, I'm fine with the trade. We got Josh Hader. But uh, there was also that. So with left field, do you think that it's Soto playing left field and you have Tatis playing right with Grishin center and they go get, like, a Bogarts or they go get a position player and they move Cronenworth to first or they bring in a first baseman and they have Kim play shortstop? Even when Tatis comes back, um, 
what just what do you think the outfield situation is going to look like? I think because Tatis is new, you put him in left, even though that's where majority of balls seem to get hit sometimes. Um, you keep you keep Soto in his natural position in right field. You keep uh, Grisham in center, and just instead of moving multiple pieces, just move one. Just put Tatis in left. Yeah. See, I'm seeing if we're having Tatis in the outfield, like all I've seen is, okay, they're putting Tatis. They'd put Tatis in right field because, you know, the range Soto, he was a gold glove nominee, but come on. He he was not a gold glove candidate, really. I mean, he's not strong defensively. So personally, I'd go with Tatis and right with the range. He has played there before. And I I don't think it would be that big of an adjustment for Soto to play left compared to right. He has played left before uh, with the Nationals. I, I would, I'd go Tatis and right, but again, we we don't even know if Tatis is going to play the outfield. I mean, I I would bet that he'll play the outfield at some point, but I, I'm talking about obviously starting and majority of the games in outfield. Well, left field is basically a shortstop extension, correct? So, I mean, he's only taking 30 steps back. You should still uh, be able to see the field the same way. That's true. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. But, um, uh, yeah. I mean, I mean, honestly, as I said, whatever's going to make those nine guys bat and be solid and make every single person come up like that cleanup hitter feel, that's, yeah. that's what I'm looking for. So, if Bogarts goes to shortstop and we move – Kim to second and Cronenworth to first, so be it. I don't care. Just uh, they've got spring training to figure that out. Right. We, we just want the best players, simply. Uh, just make this the NBA and just get the best players and figure it out. Hopefully it doesn't crumble like the Nets. Um, yeah. It's, I, I mean, there is chemistry. You got you to build chemistry. I, I totally get that. And, and I think with – with basketball though, because there's only five guys on there, you know, I mean, you can totally get away with trying to throw an all-star team together and, and figuring it out on the fly baseball. Obviously there's 162 games plus spring training. Plus, I mean, you got to run it as a team. Um, And I mean, that's why Tampa Bay is always seems to be in it with the lowest payroll is because I mean, they're playing as a a fundamental team baseball group. So I, I, I don't necessarily I think my my view has changed over the years because I feel like the Dodgers just sign all the biggest names and they all just seem to find a home. And right. Muncie just moves in every position that they need him to be to play. And uh, I've I've kind of trying to change my tune a little bit of not finding the best first baseman out there, just finding someone that can catch the damn ball and hold on to it. So, right, yeah. Well, on, on my uh, YouTube channel, by the way, I I just put out a. Hosmer low light reel of like the errors that he made. I didn't even include I didn't even include him stepping into the base path to try to catch a ball that's thrown right at him. Like it's been bad at first base for the last I don't know. Do I mean, you like, have the one do you have the one of him in Houston where he dropped that game winning uh first, ball the very first vi- the first one is that one. Yes. Beautiful. I remember where that's I was. I think I, my my uncle was having a wedding in Arizona, and I was sitting there watching the game on like my iPad. And I'm like, "That seriously just happened? It's a, a pop up. Yeah. It is a pop up in yeah. a dome, and it just goes right behind him." And then I forgot yeah. to include this one because it technically wasn't an error because it didn't touch his glove. But how about the one this year, uh, Dodger Stadium, where 
he just lets it hit the mound on a pop-up. I mean, it was just so many ground balls uh, where you have opposing broadcast booths just laughing, literally laughing in the booth during the game because Hosmer couldn't feel the ground ball hit right to him. And uh, so, yeah, it's it needs to improve there. I mean, and I don't want to say that father time caught up to him because he's just now a, a father, but, you know, got in a happy relationship. He got his money. And I mean, I think he's just settled and unfortunately that other things take a back seat. And so the grind is not as strong as it was and, and it showed. Yeah. I mean, I hate to say like, Oh, this guy didn't work hard. He didn't care. But I mean, when he got traded twice, the second time he, uh, he didn't send a thank you to Padre fans or a thank you to San Diego for, uh, giving him a contract no one else was even willing to be close to. Uh, no, he just went to Boston and then went on the IL with the back injury, and now he's probably going to be still at first base for Boston. I have no idea what their situation is. He's probably going to be a backup at some point. And just sitting there earning or having Peter Seidler just deposit money into his bank account for the next, what, three years? The Padres are paying him what thirty-seven million, I think, over the next three years That's or something. To, something crazy. To not stupid. play, not play for the Padres. Like for me, that would piss, you know, that would piss me off and want to make me uh, work harder. But maybe that's not what he's into. I don't know. That would be a fun podcast for you to do. Would be how many Padres we're still playing. I think we just paid off Matt Kemp finally. Yeah, um, it feels like so. No, it's funny how many contracts are still out there that we, I, I think it's higher than majority of the Baltimore Orioles contract salary all last year. So it's yeah. crazy. Yeah. Well, thank you so much, Brett, for the time. This was a, a fun conversation. Appreciate you having me. Thank you. All right, everybody. Episode 292, Talking Friars. That is it for Brett. I am Ben. Thank you so much for the time. See you later. Go Padres.